spanking. The wooden spatula became her weapon in my body, her target. My mother hated being controlled, but loved to be in control, and with regulating us, she must have. She must have felt completely out of control. Her friend from their church congregation gave her a book that spread the gospel of spanking. Not that Christianity invented a rigorous whopping, but they repackaged it into a faith-based practice, made the gap from abuse to natural consequences appear holy. My mother shunned antiquated ways, but the community that surrounded Jesus made her a follower instead of a thinker. There were a couple rules she told me about later, as if the structure made it sound. She used an object instead of her hand and took a break between trouble and punishment, though neither were effective in protection. Me from their rage. Me from my fear. My mother sampled her way through religions, always searching for belonging. She connected to spirituality in the ways others tried to harness higher consciousness and contain it for the masses to ingest. Jesus was later. In her 20s, she became a Rajneesh disciple, inspired by the Indian mystic Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. By the time they formed an illegal commune called Rajneesh Puram, on rural farmland in Oregon in the 80s, my mother was long gone. After being slapped in the face by one of the men in power, it was a misstep on his part. My mother would never be tamed. I came across an in-depth five-part photo essay about the commune. It read like a novel with murder attempts on elected officials and the afternoon procession where Rajneesh would drive by in one of his hundred Rolls Royce while Rajneeshis threw fresh flowers onto his windshield over the hood as if his car was the bride and him the groom. But by the first photo I knew, I knew the reason this particular group attracted her. She held a kaleidoscope of desires that none could compete with color and song. The ecstatic dancing the orange people did every afternoon, named for the orange and later red, maroon, and pink clothes they wore. Some would strip off their clothing, go from topless to naked, they'd shake, releasing trauma from the body decades before it was coined a thing. Where his followers mistook the man with the beard for their god from within. I'm not immune to this phenomenon in the way leaders. The way as a child my mother and I conquered whatever obstacles lay in my path, real or imagined, and I confused what she helped me access for her. During a walk in our neighborhood some 20 years later, I pushed my mother in her outdoor wheelchair while Autumn sat on her lap. I was still unsure of myself as a person, but there was a shift that happened once I had a child of my own and no longer considered myself one. I told her, I've been thinking about spanking, about how it feels like abuse. That's ridiculous, Jazzy. But it is, I insisted. We reprimand our children if they hit another child, but if an adult hits a child, it's okay. We weren't hitting you. You were, though. You, you did. Then do it better. It was either her disease or her age or maybe both. They twisted together until I could never tell what part of her was what. By then, when we challenged her choices as a mother, she had two canned responses she'd rotate. I was doing the best I could, and Then do it better. She'd say those things and she meant them, but they were only in a defense of the possibility that she didn't know as much as she thought she did, and that though at one time she moved through the world invincible, her word was no longer top. The smack of the wooden spatula didn't stop at my backside, 
The vibration continued, touching not just whatever I was in trouble for, but any time I perceived what I did as a mistake. Spanking taught me shame and regret, but never what to do with them. I'd taken the beatings, absorbed the pain. I believed I was rotten and concluded the only safe option was to turn against me and form a block, an overall refusal to receive. As a child, I'd hide behind indecision so I'd never be wrong. Please, don't make me choose. In my teens, I'd criticize my body with ugly words. Fat and a failure, worthless and stupid. In my early 20s, I'd deny my feelings, resentment, anger, disappointment, and fear until they'd grow too big to contain and then numb them with food or outside affection or bury them under hours of TV. I'd cloak them in constant fatigue and negative thoughts where I'd turn worse than victim. Victim still had an identity, but I didn't. I'd blame myself for my lack of passion when really my drive was tied to my worth, and my worth had already been decided by how well I pleased. I'd fail over and over, I'd fail, to see my shortcomings as a story unfolding. Everybody who's somebody says failure is necessary. It's the only way we learn. Unless mistakes are met with violence and failure is met with shame, then we remain stuck in a cycle. Energy is neither created nor destroyed, but it can be transmuted, except it can only be altered if we're willing to shift our perspective. Energy changes with direction. Power that I possess but never knew I could call on alone. But then I did transmute it. I redirected it when I turned the weapon away from me and onto the trauma. The thing about punishment to a child's black and white thinking is that everything is categorized into good or bad. Bad equals well bad. Even when I wasn't physically abused for an honest accident, my body would react as if I would have been. When my girls have dropped a glass and it shattered or regretted something they said or accidentally hurt someone by stepping on their toe, I followed what my mother told me and I do better. I tell them, it's okay. You made a mistake. I make mistakes too. We all do. Mistakes are safe. Mistakes are good. You are good. Mistakes teach us important lessons on safety and boundaries on self. It's not about the mistake. It's what we do with it after that matters. When my girls come to me in 20 years with their own children and say, Hey mom, this thing you did hurt me. It didn't work and I want to find something more in alignment with my child and more authentic for me. It's my intention to embody Christ consciousness, like we're all able to, to spread the true message of Jesus with, I love you. I'm sorry you're hurting. It's beautiful you're questioning. I'm amazed with the resources you've cultivated. I'll help in any way I can. As I heal, you heal, and as you heal, I heal too. It's still safe. Safe to receive. Jasmine Rasmussen, author and narrator of Saved, a memoir on purpose. Join me weekly for an oral telling of my novel, written in verse and prose, broken into short, digestible episodes. I'll guide you through my journey back to self. Click the link below to subscribe or go to jasmineleahrasmussen.substack.com to find out more.